0: Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for sacred artists, mystical business owners, and service providers. You might be asking, what is a mystical business owner exactly? Well, if you work as a tarot card reader like me, or an astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or any kind of spiritual or mystical art as part of your profession, we're talking about you. And my name is Teresa, and my lovely co host. Brianna saw are you here? Hi.
1: Yes, I am. Hey everyone. I'm Brie. And we have both been self employed sacred artists running our own businesses for decades upon decades. We're just we're just getting better with age. Right. We know. <laughs> that's right. It's all good. It's all good. We know what goes into running a successful business. And we really know and get how much heart, grit, and
0: hustle it takes to keep your business afloat and keep things rocking along and Bree and I have been doing this show now for a couple of years once a month, and our goal is to you know really share the business strategies that we've learned over the years because we really want to see our fellow mystics thrive and succeed and In each episode of Talking Shop, we tackle different topics, and oftentimes we have a special guest so Bree, who are we bringing on? What are we talking about today? Oh, I'm so
1: excited about our topic and our guest. So our topic today is when you or your clients experience trauma or loss. This is a big topic that comes up in our industry, and it's something that a lot of sacred artists and mystical business owners really don't know how to navigate very well. And our guest is the one and only Martha Jo Atkins. Now Martha Jo is the author of Signposts of Dying. She helps individuals, families, and organizations navigate end of life experiences. And you can learn more about Martha Jo at her website MarthaAtkins.com and we'll make sure to have that on the website copy as well. Martha Jo, most importantly, is just amazing and awesome and she is the person that you want to talk to if you have experienced loss or trauma in your life and I'm especially partial to her because we live in the same city. Welcome to the show, We
2: are so happy
3: that you thank are you. Here. I'm, I'm waving. So
0: glad to be here. Thank you so much. We are thank so excited you. to have you here. Um and you know Brie and I had talked about doing this show for a while. Um and the reason why we wanted to do this show with you is first of all because we think you're awesome oh, um, but also in our work there's there's a twofold reason <laughs> in our line of work we deal with people who are struggling with trauma or loss all the mm-hmm. time I think it's really interesting because I think when people assume that you go into like tarot astrology or sacred arts you're going to be talking fairies and angels and unicorns but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah but a lot of times what we're dealing with are people who are are struggling with some pretty heavy things. Yes. And two, as entrepreneurs, we've also had times in our lives where we faced the difficulties as well but still had to run our businesses. I mm-hmm. had, for yeah. example, yeah, I had a couple of years where it was nothing but death and elder care and mm-hmm. you know, getting my children through the death of their father on top of it. I still had to go to work so I have to make a living. So mm-hmm. we thought that this subject might be helpful for our fellow mystical entrepreneurs because it's part of our work and loss is part of our lives as well. And I think knowing how to help and cope is the first step in showing up bravely and Mm -hmm. moving towards healing. So that's quite a mouthful, Martha Jo. (laughs) And I guess it leads to the first question that um, I want to ask is, let's start out before we even get into the nitty-gritty of all this is talking about how you got started in this work and if you could tell us a bit about the kind of work that you do so people understand exactly what you're all about here. Okay. I got started
3: um, – hang on, I'm writing this down. What was my my second question? How I'll start with how I got started. How I got started, I worked um, – as a undergrad, between my junior and senior year, I went to Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and I worked as a, a child life specialist intern. Child life specialists uh, help kids and families in the hospital, help the kids keep their development on track, and um, I ended up working in a hospital here in San Antonio in an intensive care unit, pediatric intensive care unit, and on a neuroscience unit. And during that time, I got particularly interested in those kids who were stuck outside in the waiting rooms when their brothers and sisters were inside the the PICU, and the, the adults weren't communicating with them. It especially happened when somebody was dying or somebody who had died. So I started a program where we would do sibling visits into the intensive care unit and teach the kids about what dying was and what was happening and bring them in to be part of the family. So I started this I was 20 when I did my internship and um early 20s when I was at at uh, the hospital here in San Antonio. And then my brother died unexpectedly. He had a heart um issue that nobody knew about and my professional and personal worlds really collided and I learned <laughs> I learned about what grieving was from the inside out and has, that has continued over my life both of my parents are gone now and um, grandparents and, um, contemporaries, friends of mine have now died and it's a different experience each time. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's led me to the work I do now, which is working specifically with people who are dying and their family members. So I'm the director of a, a nonprofit here in San Antonio, um, where we have a community of people who've come together to care for people at end of life. And the, the volunteers um, do things like come off the floors and sit at the people's bedside and meditate and um, read poetry and help family members. And it's it's a, a myriad of things we do. But we do it in this community, which is different than other experiences I've had, and I uh, really love it. It's a remarkable, remarkable place. So that's what I did. That's what I do. My research interest is around deathbed phenomenon. The sights and sounds and metaphors that people engage in in the dying process, and um like talking about their uncle that they see that's been dead for twenty years, or um lights that they see the the flowers that they hear that was one of my favorite things that came up about a month ago when I was talking about mm-hmm. hearing the flowers. It was beautiful, mm-hmm. so I get to be um i I get to be where the veil is thin every day. it's an amazing thing.
2: Right on. That's beautiful.
1: Yes, yeah, it, it absolutely is. It really is. So, you know, as Teresa said, we and I think a lot of people don't realize this. You know it, Martha Joe, but a lot of people don't. Which is, you know, often a lot of times, you know, a person will first go to a tarot reader or an astrologer, an astrologer or a, you know, a healer of some modality. Because they they have suffered recent trauma or loss, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of you know the, the, that experience is a way in to our world of sacred arts and mystical arts, you know, for a lot right. of people. And right. so for us on the on the service provider end, you know, as sacred artists and mystical entrepreneurs what do you what would you like to see us keep in mind when we are dealing with clients who are
3: suffering from trauma or loss yeah that's a fantastic question so i want you to remember that you are operating through your your own experiences and spirit but your own experiences as a human being and those experiences are going to Influence the way you connect with people who are on the throne or across the table from you, and their um, the way they show up can trigger you, and it's important to have yourself grounded and rooted before you start, which I assuming people do uh, and to recognize that that the whatever they're bringing you don't have to hold Uh, i i i work with people who are um oh they're just they're full and it's because they they hold all the stuff that everybody brings to them so discharging what you hear from the people who come to you is really important um recognizing what's yours and what's theirs is really important um and if something in you is triggered to have your own way of um, uh, shaking that off or moving through it. Those are three that I can come with at the, up, up with at the moment. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, right. Yeah. I think so a way, lot
3: of, I, go ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, no. I, I, you two, you do this all the time, and you have people yeah. that come to you with this. And has
0: there been an experience for you that, that has um, shaken you? Bree, why don't you go first with that? That's a really great question. Martha Martha, Jo, you're asking the questions now.
1: (laughs) I know. I love it. I love it. The tables have turned. Um, You know, so in my line of work, because I work with people, as I'm sure you do too, Martha Jo, and I know she does as well, um, you know, I work with people who come from many different ethnic and cultural backgrounds. Yep. And so, I, you know, I work with a large number of people who have very robust ancestor traditions where, you know, yes. like they, they, they have rituals in place that allow them to understand that, you know, death is a, is a transition but they mm-hmm. that they can still have a relationship with their departed ones, it's just going to look different. Um, mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. also work with individuals who come from ethnic and cultural traditions where there is a fear of people once they've passed over, there's a sense that, you know, the spirits of people can be hungry or can, sure. you know, envy the life that we live. And so sometimes I'll, I have... Clients who come to me and they feel that you know a recently departed family member and often one that they have had a contentious relationship with in life um, is wishing them ill or mm-hmm. creating misfortune in their life. And you know when I when I first started out professionally, I was very young, and uh, and you know when I first encountered this idea of you know somebody who had departed who was now wishing their family members ill, like it was so foreign to my own traditions, which are very robust ancestor traditions, you know, and it was really different. So I had to educate myself and I had to understand that there are different attitudes about the dead and how to honor the dead and deal with the dead in a ritual context and Mm -hmm. so that that those first Mm -hmm. um, you know i can think of like two or three initial conversations where you know it was almost like i feel like this person has cursed me and so kind of having to learn that language and learn that context and work through that because it was really different than what i had been brought up with so Mm -hmm. that's one for me that immediately comes out um you know, and another thing that's happened is people have asked me to read on their health and, you know, I'll get a card like the death card or the tower and I come from a medical family and a family of healers and I'll say, you know, this is, this is not, you know, the end of the conversation, but you, I want you to go see a doctor. I want you to get a yeah. medical workup. And yeah. sometimes that freaks people out and a lot of tarot readers won't do that, but I. Yeah. You know, I I was brought up to you you say what you think. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's
3: an it's an integrity piece for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So there's my Teresa, what about you?
0: Well, you know, I don't have uh because I don't do the the same the the ritual work that you do, um uh, I don't right. really deal with that aspect of things with people with I mean, I also get people who have their also their cultural beliefs about the evil eye and stuff like that. But that's not a big Mm -hmm. part of my work. Um, You know, a lot of times, so I'll have people who are coming in who are dealing with a divorce or family drama or or a serious Mm -hmm. loss. And, you know, ironically, I'm very good at dealing with death. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. because I grew up with a very old family. So there was always people dying constantly around me. I'm very comfortable with death. It's yeah. I'm not one of those people who flip out about it. I'm very calm during that type of thing. So, you know, I do okay with death. I can talk about dying. I have no problem looking at that or guiding people through that. But that being said, there's been occasions, and this has nothing to do with death, where I've had people who are having other kinds of mental Traumas happening in their life, and maybe yeah. the reading mm-hmm. triggers something, or maybe they come because you know they're having some really huge issues. They're not seeking treatment at that time, so they're looking for a place to kind of go, and they feel mm-hmm. like tarot is is safe. So I've had people have mental breakdowns in front of me, and I got to tell you that was not that's not easy. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm.
3: And how how do you hold space for that?
0: That's really interesting because Brie and I have that as a list of one of your uh, questions that we're going to ask you. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you how I hold space, and Brie is going to tell you how she holds okay, space, then, and then and we then want your you advice
3: how, yeah, I will, I will. on how
0: to best hold space. So, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm telling you, Martha Jo, you're a little tricky today. I like it, though. So oh, yeah. for me, the way I hold space, first of all, uh, most of my work now is over the phone. Um, but that being said, I set up my environment. To be incredibly calm. And that's yeah. really important that my physical environment be calm. This is one of the reasons why I don't do tarot parties or events. I don't feel like I could do a really good service for someone who is suffering or dealing with a, an issue that might yeah. be really intimate and private in a setting yeah. where it is like a party atmosphere. It's got to be calm. So mm-hmm. my office is super calm and comfortable so when i come into my office and i sit down on my chair which looks like a little purple throne i am (laughs) present and i am calm i'm not harried i'm not hurried and right from that perspective of being in a calm environment it calms my inner environment so Mm -hmm. i am then extremely present um and ready for the situation or the person or whatever and that's again Mm -hmm. whether they're on the phone with me or whether it's somebody that I've worked with in person they always can tell that it's calm and it's safe and I'm not judgmental and I'm not going to say oh my god you know none of that it's very very calm so it starts with my physical environment but also my physicality environment and also one of the things that I'm really big on is you know doing things like meditation and yoga and also mm-hmm. having very slow mornings mm-hmm. so that I'm coming into my work there mm-hmm. for the client. There mm-hmm. is nothing that's about Teresa, in fact, even the clothes I wear I, I'm very deliberate mm-hmm. with the clothes, whether you see me in person or or we're doing it over the phone is
2: mm-hmm. I wear
0: just very simple all black. There's nothing here to draw attention to me. It's mm-hmm. all about the client. It is all about feeling calm and heard. That's what mm-hmm. I do. What about you brie?
1: Mm -hmm. i definitely i i am the same with the with the calm you know i think that that's really important um i i always start every session and i start every session i teach this way as well i always begin with a breathing exercise and a blessing and both are very um they're general so they're appropriate for Yeah, I've never had, I mean, I have a very diverse group of clients and students and I've never had anybody who hasn't appreciated
3: both of them, you know, coming
1: from many different traditions. So I start with breathing and I start with a blessing and I do that because in some sessions when we do get really emotional, you know, and and emotions come in, I want to be able to take my client back to their breath. I think Mm -hmm. that breath is really fundamental. To the way that we move energy and hold energy and and mm-hmm. work with our emotions as well, so I so I establish that as a touchstone that we can then return to, and I also mm-hmm. find that having that blessing that I use to formally open the space you know also lets the client know that okay we are we are entering into sacred space right now. And so I'm, you know, I, I'm going to take that seriously, too. I'm not going to be super cash about it. Um, you know, I like to, whenever possible, not have my computer open, you know, mm-hmm. have my desk clear. So, you know, I like mm-hmm. no distractions. Um, and, and I also like to formally close, again, with just an acknowledgement of, you know, what's happened and what, has been experienced and, you know, what what the client is going to do next. I think that's really Mm -hmm. important. You know, even Mm -hmm. if it's I'm going to go sit outside. I mean, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, I just want them to be able to articulate for themselves, okay, this is the next step. And then, you know, the other thing that I think is just huge, and I can't emphasize it enough, is what you said, Teresa. You know, with clients, especially with people that do come from, you know, Older old-fashioned traditions or different ethnic backgrounds or different cultures. They're very used to being discounted They're very used to being told like they're superstitious or they're ignorant or you know, they're they're this or they're that um, Because they're you know, what's normal quote-unquote in their world is not necessarily what you know most 21st century Mm -hmm. Americans would would get on board with and and I find that just assuming that people know how they feel and know what they're talking about, and that may not be the end. Like, you know, there may be. Like sometimes I do have clients where I'm like, I need you to go get, you know, mentally assessed and just make sure that everything mm-hmm. is okay because you've told me several times you're hearing voices, and I'm a little concerned about that. But, like, starting from a place of, I see your dignity, I respect you, and I am here to listen to what you have to say, I think is really, really powerful. And I love what Martha Jo said that, you know, we can hold a space, but our job is not to hold what's happening for this person. And I think that's huge. And so I was taught early on when I started practicing to wash my hands In between every Mm -hmm. session and Mm -hmm. you know doctors wash their hands and of course they do Mm -hmm. it you know for the physiological reasons but i think it's such a great ritual so i wash my hands Mm -hmm. i have a specific soap that i use and i take my time and you know as i'm washing my hands i'm removing whatever has just happened so that Mm -hmm. then i'm i'm open and clear to go to my next thing Mm
2: -hmm. yep
3: me too me too Mm so (laughs) i just i I just had a meeting. I was a, at a restaurant. And I had a 11 o'clock meeting and a 12:30 meeting. And in between, I went in and washed my hands to get ready for the second meeting. And then I came back to my office to be with you all and um, did a did laps around a couple laps around the parking lot. And when I have time to do that between clients, I will. I I have space um, set in my doorway. I have um, implanted uh, a, a spider web um, a mythical spider web that's in my door frame and the, the prayer and invitation is for whatever is not going to serve the person to be left in the web when they come in and whatever oh. they need to leave in the web when they leave that it's left there and so it serves the, the clients with that and for me I ask the same prayer whatever whatever serves Uh, the highest good today um that's what i want in the office and everything else can be left in the web and if there's anything i need to pick up on the way out let me pick it up and i i um acknowledge that i've done that every once in a while it's not a it's not i don't stop and say the prayer every time i do it i just know that that i have done it and Mm -hmm. it's activated and um, for me that's a useful thing to do um in the space um I have a candle that I blow out and light, and I light it when the the new person is here, at the home, at the the place where we have the dying people. Um, often we will have a candle. Um, <laughs> we have a, a, a candle for this world, and we have a candle for the other world. And when I can tell people mm-hmm. are deeply in between, I'll light those. And then when they they their body is finished, uh, the the smaller candle is blown out and the white candle stays on and that's a ritual for the family it's a uh for the dying person too in whatever way they can experience that so there's a there's a space holding with that that light energy which feels important when i have somebody in my office who is crying and there's there's um you know there's different levels there's the wiping of the tears they look away and they wipe their eyes and then there's uh, head down and really crying and then there's sobbing crying. And I have gotten really good at getting still. And it's not a it's not a fearful still. It is a I'm gonna I'm gonna bring every ounce of groundedness to this moment right now so you can do what you need to do. And it and I don't run over to sit by them. I don't run over to give them Kleenex. Uh, I read this great story about a psychologist one time and he was talking about um, woman in his office who was crying and she wanted the Kleenex and she couldn't find any and he said, oh, I don't have Kleenex here. If you need to cry, you need to cry. Just let it, just let it go. I do have Kleenex in my office, but I, it's a good reminder for me not to go in and try to fix that. Uh, and tears mm-hmm. for me are um, there's 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 movement. There's an energy movement that needs to happen and I can hold that movement. I do sometimes, uh, if they're really shaking Um, will go and put my hand lightly on their shoulder. And sometimes I'll stand beside them. Um, Sometimes I'll move up and put my hand on their knee. Sometimes I'll say, um, this is hard. I can hear you. I'm right here with you until they get to the place where they can breathe again. And there's that, um, oh, I call it a vulnerability hangover. After you have a big emotion, emoting like that, and the, the reassurance is part of that space holding too, that what just happened is okay. And, uh, I'm, I'm honored that you felt you could do that here. Uh, Teresa, um, your, your comment about the, the calmness, mm-hmm. Um every time I've ever talked to you, that's exactly what I get from you. And there's an invitation in that, that, um is, is offered to the people who come, and, and for you to for all of us. It, 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 there's an energetic invitation to come and be how you need to be, and uh, it's it's. Um, I'm going to use that word again. It, there's an honor in that, even if it's somebody who is uh, in in our mind having a breakdown of some kind. That they can mm-hmm. do that with us. It's a big deal. When when I'm in a room and somebody takes their last breath. That's a big deal. I've been with people who are sixty seventy years old and have never been with somebody who's died. They just they they haven't either stayed around long enough or their energy has been too heightened, and the person couldn't do that with them in the space so for me, when I happen to be there uh i man I say thank you i uh, it that that um, that portal is an amazing portal to be in, and this space holding in your office or on your phone. With one of your clients, to me, it's that it's a it's a holiness, and if we can hold it that way, uh, it honors the client and it honors what we're able to offer them.
2: Really, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna have
1: some Huge. Dr. Pepper. Have some Dr. Pepper. So, <laughs> you know, right right along these lines that we're discussing, many of us who are. The sacred artists, mystical business owners, entrepreneurs—we are not licensed therapists, right? And yet, people, right, people come to us when they are suffering. Um, they do, and I, and I often—I they do, and I and I know you know this much, like I often say, like I hear things that a person therapist doesn't hear, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm so out there and strange that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the, and you know, I had people who are like now. My therapist doesn't know this, but um, mm-hmm. so so with that in mind, what training might help us be better equipped to deal with clients who are struggling along these lines? Like, what kind of training would you like to see us invest in?
3: Just really basic listening skills, it, and it's um active listening which sounds really silly and if you um I'm thinking about Fraser and um some conversations <laughs> on Fraser and that people giving him crap about that but I will tell you if if people can if practitioners and not just sacred artists but anybody if you can figure out how to do active listening when somebody's in crisis oh my gosh that opens up so much space to, um for presence and for and for you as the listener on the other side, knowing that you don't have to fix it and you can be connected um, connected with them. Um, breath work when we are able to get connected with somebody by breath, that also makes a huge difference in syncing um, up and in coherence. And and when you start to recognize um, people being stressed, and you can pay attention to breath, you can modulate your breath to help bring them to a different place. Um, let's see what else would I say?
2: You know, I don't.
3: You don't. You you. you... I I think we get caught up in a training that we don't have and we need to have more. And I think I think those things that bring us back to ourselves and what our gifts are and where where we know to draw the line to send somebody else to help for help that would be another kind of um I don't know if you'd call it a mental health 101, but how to recognize when you when you need to refer somebody for mm-hmm. for counseling or for mental mm-hmm. health. Mhm. Mhm. Um, you know, if it's, it's, there's particular ways people look, or there's cadences in their speech sometimes, and there's um, there's different ways of of talking about things they're they're hearing. There's hearing, uh, you know, when at the at a, abode when people talk about who they're hearing or who they're seeing, that's all part of their dying process to me. Um, When they start seeing spider webs and things on the wall, that's when I know we need to get a little bit different medication to help them. When somebody talks about um, voices that are harming, that want them to harm somebody uh, or harm themselves, that's a big giant red flag that we need to do something. And Uh gosh, it's a... I was just reading an article the other day about um, are we medicating our, our shamans and healers, and I think we do a lot um, to fit in for our, our Western society. And when those people show up in your office, it, it can be um, it can be frightening. So those breath work, active listening, and just really specific uh, how do you know when you need to refer somebody out.
0: That's really uh-huh. incredible and, advice and the referring part is so important because you know I often will if something is beyond the scope of my abilities or something I'm not licensed to deal with I have a referral list. Yeah, perfect. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do too.
3: Mhm, me too.
0: And it, I think, know, I that, think that, that you have to.
1: Yeah.
3: Mhm. It's the, the do no harm and whatever whatever practice you're in. Um, I, I feel like that's a good, a uh, good anchoring thing to, to know. And if 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 somebody comes in my office and I and I have a feeling in my body, uh, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is, I really think about that, and um, that's usually an indicator to to me that there's more to the situation, and there may be another place for them that's better suited, so I can do no harm to them, and. Uh, conversely, they'll do no harm to me. I don't. I don't go in with that. And there are situations where people are so not in their body and so not grounded in this reality, um, where I, I just I, I pay attention to my body, and I, I will encourage you all to do that too. Uh, I think I think we we don't do that enough, or we discount it, and it's important. So you
0: know. In general, then, what are the key points that we need to know about talking around uh, sensitive subjects with our clients? You've already talked about holding space, having a referral list, but if there's anything yeah. else you want to add about that.
3: Yeah, so I had a, a woman show up in my office yesterday who wanted to, wanted to talk about death and dying and then... Really, five minutes in, she got into sexual trauma and has a a pretty, pretty long history of that. So that, that often happens with me. And I, um, there, there's, there's one grief issue that gives way to other grief issues. I didn't need to know about all of that history. I knew that it was bothering her, but I didn't need to go dig around in there and find out what all that was. And, and, uh, I will encourage you all, to think about when you're asking questions, are they questions that are going to help move the client somewhere or are they, are they questions that you want to know for your own curiosity? And that's a, um, mm. it's it's a good rule of thumb and it has saved me a lot from moving into um, uh, people's trauma that neither one of us really needed to be mucking around in. I mean, there's there's um, there's ritual work that I've learned now that I do with trauma, and um, and I'm going to get to do some of that tonight with her. And I'm really excited about that. I get to do that without knowing all of the history. I, I don't need to know who did what. I didn't. I don't need to know the the big ins and outs of that. Um, and there's still genuine help to be offered to her, and we're going to get to engage in that. So think about it, it, what what do you need to know, and um and and for me a lot of the the trauma stuff that comes out it, it is grief. There are layers and layers and layers of grief and how can you rather than getting caught in the the thing of what happened because people there's so much stuff, what is the feeling behind it? Can you help them identify that feeling? And then there is there some way based on your Magical practice or spiritual practice, not not is there because I know there is. Figure out then what is <laughs> what is the antidote to that. So it's not the thing; it's the feeling behind the thing, and then what's your antidote, uh, or what's your your offering to help?
1: I think that's a really very solid point about almost like the voyeurism that can come in.
3: With yeah. this kind
1: of work, if you're not careful, right? Like, like you're just curious, and so you keep, you know, asking things that are not really relevant or germane to. I mean, yeah. what, you know, the experience of somebody kind of just telling you their whole life story in order to talk about something like, say, their divorce. Like, that's one thing, and clearly, like that mm-hmm. they're starting there for whatever reason. So you can just kind of let that slide mm-hmm. off, but. Kind of like the poking around, um, you know. Almost sometimes it feels like you know calling up shadow stuff just for the yeah. sake of it is yeah. not like that. That isn't a useful thing to do. And so I think that's that's a really solid point.
3: Mm-hmm. We we have a, a, a gentleman at a boat who's is um, he's making his way on his own time in his dying process, and he has changed significantly in the last week. He doesn't want to talk about dying. He's just not interested at all. And one of the, the mm-hmm. people in our orbit is really interested in him talking about it. And I finally sat her down and said, you know, is this him or you? And it took her a little while to get that to the place that it was her. It, it mm-hmm. It's okay for us to sit and be with him in his uncomfortableness, in our uncomfortableness, and we don't have to fix that. I, I think the, the other thing is we, we take uh, – I have um certainly wanted to, to fix things and and I'm much better about that now. Lots lots and lots of clients and lots and lots of time. Uh I don't need to fix things anymore the way I needed to fix them before. It it it, it there's also space now. Uh if if I need a moment, I'll ask for it. Or if I recognize the client needs a moment, I'll ask for it. And let's just sit here for Let's sit here for a minute and just be in the stillness and come back in our bodies and, and we'll go from there. And that
2: resetting is good for for both of us.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, I want to ask what advice you can offer us when we find out one of our beloved clients, one of our people, tells us that they are dying, um uh, you know we are, we have relationships with I mean some of, my, sure. some of my clients are in their 70s and their 80s right and so you know when they come and and they're dying or they're very very ill mm-hmm. you know how can we best continue to serve them in the capacity mm-hmm. that we have been but also remain objective about mm-hmm.
3: it mm-hmm. so my invitation to all of you is to think about what what do you think dying is <laughs> um, <laughs> and to um and to write your obituary and this is just this is not a random thing I'm pulling up this is um there's a groundedness that in that in that act of writing your obituary that causes you to think about finality and and how you um, might experience that M- my my thoughts about dying from when i was 23 when my brother died i i was uh, a hot mess um and rightly so it it was hard uh today if if i get that news that somebody i love is sick or somebody i love is dying uh, I'm a day or two where I'm waffled and then I go back to what I believe dying is now or how I understand what dying is now and that gives me a rootedness in the present and that allows me to be present with my person um in a different way so when a client comes and says um, I have Alzheimer's um which has happened and I you know, I'm not going to be the same person in three months. What I said was, "Oh my gosh, uh, I'm stunned. How can I help you? What do you What do you need?" I did that first, and then we moved into what's happened for you, what is happening for you, what kind of support do you need? Um, do you What kind of time frame of, of support do you need? And Sometimes they're they're able to articulate well and sometimes not. My caution is um even if we think we have a really tight relationship with somebody, when they get in the dying process, uh that may change and our feelings may get hurt. They may need something else in this time that's different from what was before, because there's been an there's been an ending. Um, you're no longer a person that is living. Now you're a person that's living with dying. Some people say they're dying, um, and for some people that's no big whoop. It's part of, you know, if, we, if they're Buddhist, you know, where this is part of mm-hmm. part of where we're going. Um, other people, this is a terrible, horrible thing, and I, I'm not sure how I'm going to manage. And um, you have to know you have to know how you feel about it, or you're going to get pulled into their experience. And if you can be where you are and honor where they are, that whole energy thing we talked about before, it's like it's it's a different kind of holding space. It's different, but it's the
0: same. You're just holding it with you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So speaking of you, what about our lives? What about when we're falling apart because we – are dealing yeah. with loss or trauma. What do we need to do to take care of ourselves so we can continue to be present mm-hmm. for our clients?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got
0: to have your posse. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, you 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 just have to. You have to you have to have the people that you can receive from, and you have to call them and say, "This is what's happening. Um, this is what I need, or I don't know what I need right now. And can you just be on call?" Uh, I, I'm, maybe you guys, maybe you can help me figure this out, but you gotta have your people who you trust and you can talk to. Uh, if you have to work, and many people do, it's a matter of figuring out how you can, um, uh, it's uh, energy. So, are you gonna be better served starting later in the day and resting all morning? are you going to be better served having three people in the afternoon? I've, just, we've, I've got a, a, a new client that's got fibromyalgia. We're working on how she can engage with people. And what's happening for her is we're figuring out an every-other-day schedule and then kind of four days in between where she can really, really rest and then she can start again.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: what it, 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 it's the, the physical piece we uh, – I say again, we, we so oft often overlook how much rest we need when we're physically or emotionally spent and um having time, carving time and space to be quiet and be still or, or be outside or whatever it is we need to do for self care is is vital. Uh I am um
2: uh
3: the Brucelli TRE exercises, um, uh, trauma release exercises, uh, if you are having um, some big emotional something in your experience, that's a really good resource. And they're, they're uh, poses that you put your body in, much like yoga poses, and you stay there until your muscles shake. And it's the um, – you think about how animals shake off trauma it's that kind of experience and it allows for openings and for rest when people need them. And I I often encourage clients to do something like that so they can make space to do the work they need to do and then you know, go do that again if they need to do that again. Uh it it's 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 finding those combinations of things and it's usually not one thing. Those combinations of things that you can do to to find your way and sometimes you just have to stop. Sometimes you just have to stop. And it's okay. We think we're not gonna figure it out. We think <laughs> well thinking back, I, I didn't know what I was gonna do and they were gonna turn off the electricity and they turned off the electricity and I didn't die. And I did get some rest I needed to get and eventually I figured out what the next thing was. Um it's hard. It's hard. Um the posse, I you've you, you got to have your posse. Mm-hmm. you got to have your posse. I'm sure there's more. Well, Those know, are the things out of my head at the moment.
1: No, that's huge. That's really helpful. And, and I'm wondering, you, you alluded to it, but I'm wondering specifically if you think that, you know, is there ever a time where – the loss might be so great that it might be a good idea to close up shop for a while and if oh, if sure. yes, okay, then how do you like what do you think the best way is to prepare both you know our clients, the people that we help and ourselves for that,
3: yeah, you know sometimes <laughs> uh, sometimes you can't prepare sometimes you just get there and you figure out oh it's it's time, it is just time, so the um, the preparation is is you writing a letter or you um, having some a a contemporary in your sphere that writes a letter on your behalf, which is not a terrible thing to do if you're um, <laughs> i my um, my friend with the dementia issues again that that's been her experience she can't she can't write her own letters anymore. And so she had to call in help to um, to close, to close up shop and to take care of that. And the stuff came from her, but it wasn't her. It was part of her her team that was able to um, make that happen. Um, I, as much as, well, you know, you, you are as honest as you are able to be and as open as you are able to be. Some people are very private and they would never, ever want, anybody to know what their experience was that was causing them to close up shop and that's okay too if if, if I'm I'm closing up for personal reasons or um, I've had this life experience that has um, caused unforeseeable changes and and um, I need to do something else here are some people who can serve you in my stead and I trust all of these people and please contact them and reiterate and really set the boundary that you're not available. Uh it's a hard thing to do and it's a good thing to do. So offer other people who can help and, and be clear about where you are and what you need. And if you think there's opportunity to be to come back at a later time, you can say that. If you don't know, you can say that too. I, I'm mm-hmm. all for being as, as honest as you can be and also right um, you know, as as private as you need to be. Makes sense. Mm
2: Yeah, totally, totally. Mm -hmm. Oh, Thank you so much, Martha
1: Jo. This is really, really, really helpful. And just, you know, your approach is so deep and so wise, and we're very grateful that you were able to share it with us. And we always do what we always do at the end of Talking Shop is, is we briefly discuss, you know, what our big takeaways are from the episode and so Teresa what what have you really taken away from this conversation
0: the one thing that I love that Martha Jo said is that we don't have to fix that and you know I I'm a fixer I like to fix things and I think that you know this is one of the things that I have also learned over the years is that we're not here to fix you know, we're here to be present. The client is ultimately the one who has to do the fixing. So I love that you said that it's okay, Martha Jo, to let clients be in their uncomfortableness without us trying to fix it. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bree? What was your biggest takeaway or favorite piece of advice from Martha Jo?
1: Well, I, I, too, really resonate with the you don't have to fix things. You know, I also, I'm a fixer, right? I think we're, we're, help, we're in helping professions for a reason. We'd like to help. Um, and sometimes the best way to do that is, is not to do it actively, right, to, mm-hmm. to not rush over with the Kleenex. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's been a lesson that I have continued. I, like, I, I'm still learning that lesson, um, but I think it's it's definitely right on. And practically I really love the spider web, uh, mm-hmm. mythic spider mm-hmm. web in the door frame. I think that is mm-hmm. rad. I love spiders anyway. So I mm-hmm. think that's really there you a, go. <laughs> a very Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love them and, and you know, I think that's a really cool exercise and you know, visualization practice that I can see applying in so many different ways and contexts, so I really love mm-hmm. that too
3: mm-hmm. good, good. Yeah. I love that yeah I love that you all have open space for this kind of conversation. I think we we think about running a business, and there's so many facets to it. This is just one little piece, and I know it's serious uh, and you don't need it until you need it and I so appreciate you all taking time and and giving air to it so
0: so people can think about it a little bit. That's it's just great. Thank you. Thank you. We are just happy oh. to have this conversation because it's an important one. Yeah. 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 It
1: is. Yeah, it really and you're right. You don't you don't need it until you need it, but then when you yeah. need it, man, I know. you need it. Right? I know. It's yes. like it's like I I can learn about how to do a YouTube video like seven days a week, but you know, when I need to know how to deal with death and loss, like I need to know. Yep. <laughs>
3: right
1: now. Yep. That's, right. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Martha Jo, because you are the bomb. Um, towards the end of each episode, we each like to share a few fun tidbits, and Martha Jo, we're going to ask you about this too. So, for example, books that we've been reading lately, blogs that we're obsessed with, favorite songs, TV shows, food, lots of food, stuff like that. Just some fun stuff that we think you, our listeners, might enjoy discovering. Sometimes we will share business-related recommendations and sometimes not because, you know, you can't just do business 24-7. So I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with Teresa. Teresa, what's something you've discovered recently or something you've been loving lately?
0: Well, what I've been loving lately is there has been, once again, reignited the talk around tarot certification. And it's a very touchy subject in tarot. And, you know, it comes and goes like the subject will die down for a long time and then suddenly it will rear its head. Um, and so there's been some very good, thoughtful conversations around it. Uh And I've, of course, written some blog posts on it. And what really got me talking about it again, because I wasn't thinking about it, but there's been this whole stuff around Doreen Virtue and her Mm -hmm. certifications and problems around that. And so behind the scenes, some of us started talking about tarot certification again. And um, so there's been blog posts. And one of the blog posts recently, Benabel Wen, who is a very smart, smart tarot person, put up a pretty good article that I think people might want to check out. So read hers, read mine. It's a topic that needs to be discussed. And by the way, we've we talked tarot certification, some people think, well, you know, what's a big deal about someone getting certified for taking a class? There's nothing wrong with that. What some of us have the issue with is in the past, there were people who wanted a mandatory tarot certification. Yeah. And I'm one uh-huh. of those people that don't think that's a good thing. I think that that leads to bureaucracy and all kinds of other problems. So that's what the topic is around, and it's it's been pretty heated and pretty in- interesting. But again, some very good, thoughtful conversations around that. So that's been the thing that I've been paying attention to lately. What about huh. you, Martha? Joe, what's up? What what's something you're into? <laughs> um. <laughs> I am
3: really interested in the FDA trials for ayahuasca and psilocybin and the MDMA uh-huh. that are that are in level three, stage three, whatever three trials they are and are probably gonna be uh legal in twenty twenty one to help people with PTSD and mm. grief and trauma and I am so excited. It's it's gonna be a uh an uphill actually I say it's going to be uphill. It'll probably be uphill in Texas, uh,
0: but the oh, opportunity, yeah, <laughs> yeah the uphill true in Wisconsin for
3: <laughs> for people to have uh, tremendous openings for healing in a short amount of time uh, gives me a lot, a lot of hope. Uh, I'm working with a, a guy right now at Abode that I wish I wish we had access to just a little bit of heart opener for him, uh, and I think his his whole anxiety around death and dying would be different and i'm i'm happy that the the opportunity is coming for people to have a, a completely different death experience that's right what on. i'm thinking about mm-hmm. yeah so about, i've
1: been yeah i've been following this silas i've been on depression mm-hmm. and it's pretty remarkable the reason yeah. what they're finding pretty
3: awesome yeah it is it is it's yes mm-hmm. we, we actually pay attention to science it's an amazing thing so we will hope that 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 <laughs> happens too <laughs>
0: we're all about science yes. over here science is good right. <laughs> so brie what about you what are you obsessed with come on spill it
1: you know um so i'm obsessed with my students like i i'm in I'm in the, uh, we're about to begin module two in spinning gold and I just, I love my students and I love my community and I just think like they're the best people ever in the universe. <laughs> so I love them. Um, and I'm also, one of my students in particular, Esme Wang, who is also a published author, um, she has a very cool free ebook that is called Productivity Journaling with Limitations. Mm-hmm. So she's Esme is really interested in I mean many things, but this intersection between having you know physical limitations, um, mental limitations, you know all kinds of health limitations, and also emotional limitations. You know a lot of what we're talking about, like when you mm-hmm. experience death, loss, your your, yeah. your capacity becomes limited in certain ways, and so Very having much. those limitations, right, acknowledging them. But then also, especially in our culture, in our crazy, super Type A culture that I am so totally a part of, because I'm so Type A, um, needing to feel productive, mm-hmm. right, and and not like you're just a blob in the corner. And so, and so how do you how do you navigate that? So she has created this awesome free ebook, and you can get it on her site if you go to esmewang dot com and you check out her shop. It's one of the very first things that comes up and i you know a lot of my students have various limitations, and they you know it's hard to find resources it's still difficult to find resources that really seek to how to navigate that. So I love the work that Esme does. Generally, I love her and I really love this and I think it's a great resource that she's made available. So that is my hot tip for the month. Good (laughs) one. It is a good one. Good one. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like it. So last but not least, a few announcements. So Ms. Teresa, is there anything that you want our listeners to know about that's happening in your business world, any upcoming classes or new projects or things like that? And then, Martha Jo, I want to hear from you too.
0: Well, right now, I've just gotten, I just wrapped up my um, book tour for the Tarot Coloring book. So now I'm entering busy season. So, the next couple of months, for the next four months, I am going to be strapped to this computer and strapped to my phone and really busy. I do have a very big launch happening on December 31st, but right now it's "Mum's the word." I'm not going to say more.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Scorpio that out season. It. <laughs> yeah, it's Scorpio season. You know, we got to keep something secret. Oh, so, what about okay. you, Martha?
2: <laughs>
0: what about you, Martha? Joe, anything you want to announce? And then Bree, we want to hear your stuff too.
3: I just I just set the dates for a brand new retreat that I've never done before called a Rise Retreat, and. Hmm uh we're gonna uh theme is is uh die to this arise to that so bringing those things that you're ready to to set down and then we're gonna um step into new identities and leave with new identities to engage in the world in a different way so we'll be doing that in february in in San Antonio. I'm pretty excited about that. it's not even on the website yet ohhuh. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you. And you, Bree? What do you got going on, lady? You
1: know, I am so crazy busy. It's not even funny. Um. So I, you know, I don't do Black Friday stuff. I like I'm I'm very quiet once the holiday season and full rolls around. So I've released all of my end of the year stuff now. I have one more thing. I'll make my uh, yearly Lunar Light Devotional Candle Service available in early november and other than that i've put my end of the year astrology planning service out and uh, my mercury retrograde survival kit is now out and i think there's like a couple left of each one because you know i do these puppies by hand i too will be strapped to the computer and mm-hmm. i'm also working on a deadline because mercury goes retrograde on december 3rd so you know <laughs> yeah, i that. want people Yeah, yeah. December first through the 22nd is Mercury Retrograde, so I want people to be forewarned and have all their info. So, you know, it's been busy, it's been, um, but all good, right? I love love being able to play with people's charts, answer burning questions that people have, and get them all of their stuff, and then, you know, kind of be quiet for November and December. be with my
3: family and, and go inward a little bit. You know, that's important.
0: Excellent. Right on. So mm-hmm. for everyone who's listening, again, um, you can find Martha Jo at com, And you're certainly going to want to check out her book, Signposts of Dying. It's excellent, and I think it could be very helpful for you. And there's lots of good information in there that you can also use for the work that you do. And before we sign off, just a happy reminder that if you love Talking shop. Don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free by visiting the Talking Shop archives. There's a couple different ways that you can do that. You can go to iTunes, and you can search for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. Click on that and find us there and download all this good stuff. Or you can go to thetarolady.com, and you want to hit the tab called Free Resources and hop on down to the podcast, and you'll find all of that stuff there. And Bree, where can they find this on your site? Very similar,
1: you guys. Go to the tab that says, go to com, Go to the tab that says Books and Resources. And then you'll see it drops down to a tab that says Free Resources. Click on that, and you'll find both the latest episode of Talking Shop and a page with every single archived show.
0: And also, guys, if you like the show, do us a favor and – you know, go to iTunes and leave a sweet little review there because it's going to help more mystical entrepreneurs find their way to this information. And, you know, our goal always is to help people. So that's how you can help us help others. All right, that is a wrap for this episode. And please join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. We're going to be talking with Alexandra Franzen. And we've got a very hot topic next month, too, about dealing with all kinds of crazy things that we deal with in our work from failed readings to trolls online and terrible reviews and all that stuff <laughs> this is going to be an awesome show and so until then you can find me Teresa at the com. brie where are you
1: you all can find me at dot thanks again everyone for listening we hope that you keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams Stay on your grind and make it a great month. We know that you will. Have a great one.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.